Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for June 13th, 2021, the third Sunday after Pentecost in the year of our Lord. Uh, And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing well. You're doing well over there. Uh, uh, I heard a rumor that you're running a little warmer than normal, <laughs> uh, which I just now, as I vocalize that uh, in the the time of COVID, I should clarify, not due to illness. <laughs> no. No, I, I'm fully vaccinated and marinated, so no worries there. But yeah, our air conditioning is... Putting up the white flag, so uh, not the time, not the time, not, but or the place. Yeah, <laughs> fortunately today it's going to be a high of eighty. We have lots of fans and a service call requested, so it'll all work out fine. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, hopefully, a little bit of overcastness helps. Uh, helps yep. that out big uh, time. Uh, so, but uh, um, one thing that was not overcast was yesterday. Uh, what, what a beautiful day. And uh, it's worth mentioning, I think, for the purposes of those who uh, get to join us in person, I'm going to, at the top of the uh, podcast, promote the fact that, hey, we're doing uh, outdoor hospitality uh, now. We're, we are looking like we're a... We're coffee-houring it up without yeah, the coffee. Yeah, we are look, we're starting to look like a real religious organization over there. <laughs> <laughs> we have our lemonade and our treats and yeah, yeah it's really nice. It's re- it's so good to be able to have just informal conversations and yeah. enjoy the time outside together and all that after church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh very excited about that. We we've 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 gotten gotten away from some of the uh, restrictions. Uh, um, so now we're meeting in person at eight and 10, uh, where we are uh, still masked, uh, but no longer the, uh, open window requirement, right. if I'm not mistaken, and no longer the, um, uh, separation, uh, uh requirement, uh, the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon separation, uh, mm, that we Bacon. had had, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so so yeah, and we we get to sing, and we get to sing. Masks, Everyone gets but, to sing, but masks, that's why we're keeping the masks on, so we right. get to sing. Yeah, I, was, and, I think that's a good trade for me. That's a good trade off. I, yeah. I very much enjoy singing. So, and we get to have the air conditioning on with masks uh, because we have masks on. That's a good trade off for me. It's a it, yeah, that one's like uh, that almost makes it like not really so much of a trade off as like there's not really an option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no air conditioning. That's true. Air conditioning, yes, yes, please. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, I'm. I, I it's starting to uh, it's starting to really feel more normalized. I, I look forward to. Um, I, I assume probably fingers crossed what the next step would would be would be. Um, we're as vaccinated as we'll probably get, and masks will come off. Is probably yeah. the, the next step. Yeah, the big variable is when the youngest mm-hmm. can be vaccinated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's the main reason we have the masks on still is we have all the under 12s. And we have it's great. We have so many kids that just aren't eligible yet. But from what I'm reading, that could be in the fall that they're eligible. And mm-hmm. yeah, then masks can be at least for till the next crisis, a thing of the past. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um but yeah, that's a it's a it's I I, I find myself certainly um, wanting things to move faster. Uh, but oh yeah, just giving myself the perspective of how long have you gone uh, at far more restrictive? You know what I mean? Like a, like we spent a year uh, um, um, practically not being able to meet. So yeah. Um, uh, I can wait a couple of months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> I have to remind myself, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, okay, yeah, you know what? You can, you, I can do this. I can do this. So that's, uh, that's me talking myself up, uh, in front of our audience. Uh, and, and, uh, well, and I've said it. So now I have to be patient. <laughs> yes. And you, yeah. Oh, shoot. I, there's some funny phrase I was going to use, but I can't remember what it is now. And in do you all want serious me to still things, laugh? Do you, do you want me to still laugh for it? <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. This is so clever. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I have to give credit to whoever it was. Right, right. Oh, they're yeah, uh, very they were, clever of them. They were so that. funny. Always mm-hmm. so funny. Mm-hmm. And yet 
and yet meaningful. And very meaningful. Uh, Poignant. In all seriousness, to throw a compliment towards Ben and his crew, I got a wonderful email yesterday from a, oh. a newcomer who is um, participating online uh-huh. at the 10 o'clock service about how meaningful that experience continues to be for them and how appreciative okay. they are that we're still providing that. Very good. Yeah, that that uh, that is one aspect of our church service uh, that was born out of the pandemic, but I think we'll stay which is the, yeah the we really need service. to keep it yeah yeah uh, so uh so yeah whether whether you're um whether you are traveling whether you're not feeling well that week uh whether uh you you don't do well with crowds uh or uh so you have, have to work or have family commitments so you can't quite do the or one of the worship services you know in person. Daggone it. If you, if you accidentally uh, slept uh, in to the point where you're not going to make it physically in person in time. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on Flip online. Put the phone on. It counts. Get, get on YouTube. <laughs> it's live. Yeah. Pull up the comforter if you have air conditioning and enjoy it. <laughs> A second reference to air conditioning. I know where your mind is now. No, uh, it's, it's, well, I think it's about the fourth. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, so, so yeah, that that's uh, that, I appreciate you saying that. That's uh, that's very kind of them to have uh, to have offered yeah. as a compliment. I I really appreciate that. So, um, but, um, but yeah, so uh, it, summertime is going on right now. Uh, there's not as much during uh, Sunday morning as we normally would have. That's that uh, as as a uh, uh, like formation activities, right? Exactly, like compared to pre pandemic levels. So that's that's just kind of where we find ourselves in the season, though. No, no youth group uh, uh, um, or adult forum or, or those kind of things because people are traveling. Uh, fing- mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, people are, are getting to see those parts of their family that they haven't seen in a year. Like yeah. uh, others are graduating, and that's taking appropriately yeah, taking their time. Yeah, no, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to. There are all sorts of that. happy things happening. I don't want to talk about the graduation. It's uh, every year it gets worse and worse for me as far as the reminder of how long I've been around and how <laughs> how much better these kids are going to be than I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Every year it's like, oh, yeah. Um, I, I get that uh, 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 typical male, uh, you think you're better than me? Uh, uh, <laughs> like, flicker in my brain that I have to go like come on Ben you're you, you know just, they're very impressive and you're very not so um, <laughs> one of these years you're just gonna have to get used to that <laughs> but yeah but going off to to do all sorts of things that are uh, impressive and exciting so uh, uh, one more shout out to our to our grads this year definitely well, let's uh, let's give a shout out to a person in history, if we yeah. can. Um, <clears throat> I will, uh, as as we have been recently, I will give you the years that I have for this mm-hmm. individual, uh, which is November fourth, eighteen forty three, to June twenty fifth, nineteen fourteen. Who do you think it is? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the person is Wilbur. Oh, sorry, William Wilberforce Newton. Oh man, was mm. he did not invent the fig Newton as I originally <laughs> thought when I clicked on it. I forgot what web page I was on, um, but uh, honestly, honestly, I first started reading it because his middle name is Wilberforce, which uh, what an awesome middle name. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but yeah, William Wilberforce Newton. Any ideas? Eighteen forty three to nineteen fourteen. Boy, that, that actually is a guy I was tested on in seminary. Mm. But apparently, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint then. Do, were you tested on him or were you tested on his father? Well, yeah, his, his father's more famous. Ooh, um, okay, so you do know this person. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's in there somewhere. It's, yeah, it, but, you know, my password for google's now replace that piece of information <laughs> that's why i tell my computer to just remember it bring on the bring on the hackers uh, i don't want to have to remember this thing <clears throat> um okay i surrender 
Uh, I okay. Uh, William Wilverforce Newton is a is is up at the top. At, he's labeled as a broad church theologian uh, out of Pennsylvania, the the Northeast. Um, um, there's a long litany of, you know, when he was ordained, when he became he got installed as a priest, uh, all the places that he served up and down Massachusetts and 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 uh, th that area. <clears throat> um, uh, into Rhode Island, but then, uh, as far as like, uh, the, the notable part, I would say, not that serving at specific places isn't notable. It's just not interesting to hear on, uh, on, in audio. A hundred years um, later. <laughs> right. Uh, he was one of the organizers of the American Congress of Churches in 1884, uh, and uh, I would ask you what that is, except it goes into a definition here within the, the, the entry. This was an effort to promote interdenominational cooperation among the churches, which met in Hartford, Connecticut in 1885, and again in Cleveland, Ohio in 1886. Uh, his father, Richard Newton, uh, was nicknamed the Prince of Preachers to Children, uh, and William continued that tradition by publishing six volumes of sermons for children in the Pilgrim series of sermons for children uh, between 1877 and 1890 <clears throat> as a broad churchman, which I thought was an interesting uh, it's a fun term uh, term. He was committed to the unity of the church and was opposed to any expression of dogmatic secretarianism. Uh, or sectarianism. I yeah, make sure secretary. you pronounce that right. <laughs> sectarianism, he had nothing against uh, dogmatic secretaries, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> sectarianism, uh, um, and he called for the church to be open to the intellectual and social trends of the day and to appropriate the truths of evolution and science. Mm -hmm. Which is, um, I mean, if some of those ideas sound familiar to um episcopal churchgoers uh he might be a good reason he, not not the only reason but it, he's a, he's a good reason perhaps why he definitely embodies <coughs> excuse me he's a, a great of, example of the episcopal ethos yeah exactly he, a, a lot of this uh sounds more like a, a definition of the episcopal uh, of, of the Episcopal Church uh, uh, as a whole, so it's it's kind of interesting to see. But yeah, yeah, and there was and and part of his context. Yeah, I I, I realize I almost always miss the person, but I can tell you something about the era is how I try uh -huh. to add some content at this point. And so part of his context is that America, the United States during his professional life, went through all sorts of schisms around mm -hmm. theological, legal, social issues, everything from slave, slavery to women's voting rights mm -hmm. and, and lots in between. And so, yeah, he embodies the what we would now probably consider the classical Episcopal stance of essentially trying to stay modern um, as that shifts every year, what modern means, mm -hmm. and uphold the roots of the Episcopal Church that it established around the time of the American Revolution when we differentiated ourselves from the Church of England and therefore let loose of uh, some of the traditions that were kind of covered with cobwebs and mm -hmm. particularly um, embrace science and the ability for humans to learn new things about what's just and right in the world mm -hmm. and at the same time you know the old thing the old saying what's old is new again it's there were like is happening today many corners of american christianity that were running full tilt towards a perceived but inaccurately perceived past and in the name of fundamentalism mm -hmm. of getting back to basics sort of thing and, and over those same exact issues. So to have a Christian denomination saying, no, evolution's fine. 
Women's rights are good. Civil rights for all people, men and women of all sorts of different backgrounds. That's good. Immigration, we can deal with that responsibly. Those, those were quite different from the Southern Baptists and others of that era. As they, and we continue to be quite different from many Christian denominations along those scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was a, a real um, standard, as in a, a, a way to evaluate ourselves, mm-hmm. both then and now. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I found I found that uh, I found that aspect of him very interesting. Uh, 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 hundred and what would that be? Hundred and forty? Hundred and uh, depending on uh, on the period of time, hundred and forty, hundred and fifty years ago. Um, very modern mentality. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, uh, so I thought uh, interesting to point uh, point him out. So that's. William Wilberforce Newton, uh, and uh, I, I did I did look. It's a little hard to, harder to find, but you can find his uh, six volumes of of uh, um, sermons for children uh, from yeah, the Pilgrim I, series. I, I'll need to look those up. I haven't even thought about those since seminary years. Now I I feel I've been around the block enough to evaluate them. <laughs> <with some, laughs> yeah, there's there's some experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so it's a uh, um, like I said, a little. It took me a little longer to find uh, the actual <clears throat> recreation of those, but they are they're, they're still out there. Um, well, let's move on. Speaking of things that are still in print, uh, although <laughs> much easier to find, a little bit more prolific, uh, 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 or sorry, prolific isn't the right word. A, little, a lot more readily available. Uh, the the readings for this week. Um, again, as mentioned last week, there's a, there, there are options from, for, from first Samuel. If you happen to have, uh, taken the route of like wanting to read through, that's essentially kind of what like these eight, nine weeks are doing, uh, um, skipping around a, smaller chunks, uh, from first and second Samuel, but basically going in order. Uh, so, um, th- this week's Samuel reading is from, uh, tail end of chapter 15 and the early part of 16. So that's. Uh, if you're doing that as kind of a Bible study, good on you. Um, but our reading uh, that we are choosing is the Ezekiel option, which is Ezekiel chapter 17, verse 22 through 24. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar. I will set it out. I will break it, break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live in the shade of its branches, will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree and I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. Um, so Ezekiel here, uh, tell us a little bit of, uh, about the, the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time in, in like Isaiah and, and uh, uh, such. Uh, it's been a while since we've done some Ezekiel stuff. So let's, let's do a refresher. Well, um, <laughs> I lo- okay, I just got to read you directly uh, from this particular Bible translation I have in front of me, the introduction by the editors to Ezekiel. Okay. Ezekiel and the book associated with him have puzzled readers for centuries. <laughs> great start. <laughs> yeah, let's just skip to Isaiah. <laughs> let's let's uh, great start for for a podcast that is all about trying to understand the word of God. <laughs> Confusing and we don't know. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Ezekiel, uh, warning. Good luck. <laughs> Well, and you know, there's there's some readers that would just be okay. Go skip this one. Others say, okay, finally something interesting. Um, and so he he's a prophet, but he's also a, okay. The person Ezekiel, as identifying within the book, is has the role of a priest, uh-huh. um, which means he's serving in the temple. 
Uh-huh. And yet we think of him, and accurately so, as a prophet, because he receives various messages from God to send along to the people. And okay. so he's unusual for prophets. He has a liturgical function and role, while also being essentially a mystical person, we might say now, oh. someone with mystical spirituality. Uh-huh. Um, he comes from the... Um, mid five, well, I'll just say the five fifties um, before the birth of Christ. You know, so around 500 years before Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, and so he was part of the exile by the Babylonians that uh-huh. Isaiah and is very concerned with. Um, but writes it about it from a different perspective and sometimes seems to ignore it completely. That's part of the puzzlement of it, of the, of the book. Oh. Oh. Um, and not as in it doesn't matter, but more that he's concerned with other things. Okay. Um, and let's see if the, I'm just scanning something. Um, Yeah, no one, no one can, no one knows for sure why the book of Ezekiel has. It's so weird. <laughs> That's the summary. Um, and so there's some that say, oh, that means that it had lots of different editors through the centuries that kept muddying it up, and others say, no, Ezekiel just had really weird experiences with God. And the truth, as usual, probably as an Episcopalian, we say, probably lies somewhere in there. So yeah, 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 <laughs> a yeah, little yeah. bit of both. Um, I mean, hey, you know what? That's fair. If I were to write a book uh, that would then be passed down for generations, I think I feel like the description would be something along the same lines of like, this is this is weird. Uh, but you know what? Ben was a weird dude, so. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or as my goddaughter likes to put tracks. it, he's a silly man. <laughs> she is very, very right. Uh, yes. <laughs> and the first person to agree with her was your wife. So, yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. They're both very smart uh, to have picked up on that. And actually, um, I don't know if you know this part of that story that's been oft repeated over the last few weeks. Then my wife, Kathy, said, well... Papa, which is what Frankie calls me, Papa's a silly man too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there's levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, a tolerable Ezekiel, amount of silly. <laughs> Ezekiel, odd book, but re- but really interesting. It, yeah, as I um, say about every book we look at, it's worth sitting down and reading through, so, and you get get to see the ways in which Ezekiel is dealing with the times he's living in, uh-huh. and the transition of the Jewish people from being in captivity to some of them returning to uh, Jerusalem, and his he is more concerned with what we would now call individual spirituality rather than the whole of the community like Isaiah is. Okay. So uh, yeah, that would be very, uh, very different. Uh, although yeah. so much the, so that a lot of people who casually read the Bible don't realize that Ezekiel and Isaiah are talking about the same things at uh, the same times. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well then let's, let's talk about this. Uh, this, I, I would say this is, this is a vision uh, of sorts. Uh, no, maybe not. It, yeah, I mean, it is. It, it is. It's a. Uh, it's 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 uh, hyperbole. Um, to 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 say this, I don't think this was like a, oh God said he's going to do this, and like then the expectation is physically doing this. Um, uh, but this is imagery here, um, right? And to be honest, as you pointed out, that uh, um, um, Ezekiel being a little bit more interested in individual spirituality. This specific passage feels very communal. Um, um, I'm, I'm assuming, like, it, it makes me feel as though the sprig that's being taken and setting on top of the high and lofty mountain and made into its full, you know, like a full blown, uh, well, as it's as it calls it, a noble cedar, uh, is some sort of imagery for 
the 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 Jewish people or or something like what's what's do we have any ideas to the the meaning behind this these imagery these yeah. words? Um, and this this is another one of these passages where for Sunday use they couldn't because of time couldn't put in the whole chapter but at least chapter 17 and maybe even 16 and maybe 18 as well or should all be read in one sitting ideally because it is as it is an oracle that god has given ezekiel to repeat so this is god talking and what comes before this is God talking about what secular rulers and how everyone looks at them as eagles. And then the image comes to this cedar tree that you may note um, in verse 23, under it every kind of bird will live in the shade of its branches will nest, winged creatures of every kind. God is claiming appropriately and accurately the ultimate seed of power or or status of power that okay. the world sees the leaders of Egypt and Babylonia and other great kingdoms as these wonderful eagles and they themselves will represent themselves those rulers as eagles and God says well <laughs> yeah but you need me to have a place to nest to live to function I'm I'm the one who everyone should be looking to, not the eagles that sit on my branches. Mm-hmm. So it's God claiming God's rightful place. Okay. Okay. Um, um, so um, so is the cedar, the cedar tree isn't like uh, uh, the group of people? It, it, the cedar tree is God himself? No, but it's what it's basically the world. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, because because uh, God still acts upon the cedar tree, but mm-hmm. it the cedar tree is an image for everything that God provides, which is everything. Hmm. And 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 you kind of uh, uh, there's there's language here in twenty four that uh, uh, others might follow uh, the same. Uh, logical um, uh, approaches as I did the the bringing low the high tree and making the high tree low sounds a lot like Jesus saying the first shall be last and the last shall be first exactly kind of kind of a thing very 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 similar yep. um, uh, very yeah that, that's the same the, the same theology as yeah Ezekiel and Jesus are completely eye to eye on this the the one when put in the the second half of that though uh, of that sentence it is a little bit more unnerving uh, when you talk about bringing the 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 low bringing low the high tree and making the the uh low tree high like switching spots but there's still a tree uh the second half of it though is is kind of like oh i will dry up the green tree I'm like oh you're going to you're going to kill it <laughs> uh what? I mean, it's one thing to make it smaller, but uh, but a little bit more unnerving there. Uh, but maybe that's just the maybe well, that's just me. <laughs> well, I, uh, I have to. Okay, I'm now looking at the Hebrew. Um, I guess at the end of the day, the, the point that God is making is okay, the, he's he's in charge of all of all things, like everything that he like. Yeah, I mean that's the point. He has and, command over everything. So, um, I'm just looking at what the word is for dried up, because my sense, my guess, my guess. Eh, okay, it's not working. <laughs> the computer's not working. Um, my guess is that. The topography of the Middle East is such that a dry tree is not necessarily a dead tree. Mm. That you know, it's a fairly arid climate, and so 
a dead what looks like a dead tree can still be very much alive. It just has to be dormant and, in a sense, lay low until there's a rainstorm, and mm-hmm. which isn't often at all. And then it goes through a very quick life cycle and then goes dormant again. So that would be considered a dry tree. Because what I'm struck by is that there, there is no cutting down of the tree and throwing it in the fire or anything like that. Uh-huh. So to me, that implies that the tree's not killed, but it no longer is the snazzy green tree that everyone looks to. Uh-huh. And again, it's in the context of these... Um, mighty kings that people at times depending on what the king's ordering see as gods uh-huh. they you know they oh yeah they look really green right now but ain't always going to be that way uh so it's to put it's to help people put into perspective literally how they see the world around themselves and that just because uh-huh. someone has worldly success doesn't mean they're blessed by god Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. What? Uh, what else? I mean, this is only three verses long. Is there like anything else you want to point out about uh, this reading here? Um. Well, the other thing, verse twenty-three, is very similar to uh, Jesus is talking about the mustard seed and the bush that it produces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, Again, that's considered by most people as intentional on Jesus's part. Oh, uh-huh. That and rather than Babylonians or Egyptians, Jesus is dealing with the Roman Empire, right? And by this point, the Roman emperor was calling himself a god, and so this passage is extremely relevant to the Jewish people. That just because someone, just because a political ruler is calling himself a god, a doesn't mean he is one and B does not has no reality in who the one true God is and how the one true God functions. And to put it really simply, what choices the one true God has, the Roman empire emperor does not have a territory that the one true God has to stay out of. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not contained, not to be contained. Right. Um, okay. Very good. Well, let's move on to our second reading today, which is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 6 through 17. There is kind of an optional center area that we could leave out, but uh, we're just going to keep flowing since yes, it's only we do. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. <clears throat> yes, We do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. (coughs) Goodness, excuse me. (coughs) It's one of those mornings. Um, For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord... We try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all and therefore therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who might live live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Um, so we start off with this conversation about um, home and being away, um, which 
I think probably because we jump into the middle of it. Uh, I mean, we're six verses into the chapter there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe it gets a little lost as to what we're talking about because um, while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Um, so is this Paul's conversation about <clears throat> physical and spiritual again? And yeah. while we're focused on earthly things, which is being home, um, uh, nope. then... No? <laughs> Home is with God. Okay, he switches it. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 he starts off talking about home in the body and then starts using home as home with the Lord. Okay, gotcha. Right, yeah, gotcha, and gotcha. that's purposely supposed to be a, what? Did you hear that? Moment. So, you know, people gotcha. for thousands of years have have had the same reaction you just did. Okay, okay. Um. But it's kind of turning it on its ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm interested about this phrase here, though. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's kind of an interesting um, way to put our, our our talk about our spiritual walk. That uh, it's not it's not the things that we uh, um, see. In a way, we're kind of doing a little bit of this blind. Um, well, remember, that's kind he, of what faith is, right? And Paul did not meet the physical earthly Jesus. Right. And so what, and yet Paul claims the title of apostle, which did cause quite a bit of fraudural among the 11 apostles or 12 once they added Matthias. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things, one of the reasons Paul is so helpful to Christians through the um, centuries since he wrote is that he does he doesn't get to say well yeah I saw Jesus I saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead or I saw Jesus being visited by uh, Moses and Elijah on the mountaintop or I saw Jesus die and then I saw Jesus resurrected mm-hmm. Paul didn't have any of those direct experiences, so he's always having to both cl- create credibility for himself by saying, no, what what I experience is just as credible as the 12 apostles and the other gazillions of disciples, perhaps, that saw those things. But more importantly, for all of you who are hundreds of miles away from where these events took place, you can have the same spiritual enrichment that those who got to hear Jesus in person had. Mm. That you don't have to have seen it to believe it, but more importantly, you don't have to have seen it to be loved by Jesus. Gotcha. You you don't have to have shook his hand or gotten the autograph or something. You are still part of the in crowd. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I think, I think I, I have a lot of, uh, I find myself having questions about the section that is optional here. Uh, the, the uh, chapter, verse 11 through 13. Um, just cause I'm trying to figure out what it is that they're, that, that Paul's talking about. And maybe that's the reason why it's optional because the first part kind of flows pretty well and the latter part flows pretty well and, and, and makes some sense. Um, I usually just chalk it up to like uh, uh, I'm not always great at deciphering things the first time through, <laughs> so maybe it's just me. But uh, 11 through 13, I, I got I have questions. Is that normal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, uh, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. Uh, so. Um, First is is when he talks about well known to your consciences. Is that his his audience of this letter that he's talking about? Is he like writing this to someone? Is that why it's phrased that way? I'm a, I'm just trying to figure out. We aren't quite sure. Right. Okay, because okay. as, uh, as we said, la- as I said last week, uh, this Second Corinthians is authentic Pauline writing, but it. It could very well be a collection of his writings put together. Hmm. 
which is not unique in his, in the letters now in the Bible. So this we don't know. We can't be sure that this was where Paul intended these sentences to be grouped. Gotcha. Okay. Because it does it does seem to be a little bit out of context. Um, okay. And I mean, it, yeah, I guess it leaves me speechless. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's, again, trying to appeal to people with a very different view of how divine figures work uh -huh. than many contemporary Americans would think. Okay. Yeah, so, it does, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, uh, it, it, it does seem like it kind of bounces around from, from concepts uh, a, a little bit here in just three verses, uh, which is not normally his style. Uh, his, his style is usually like, hey, here's 12 verses saying the same thing right? Uh, uh, over and over again from slightly different viewpoints. Um, but like here in, here in 11, as far as the way it strikes me, um, therefore knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others seems to be like an explanation of why we share our faith, uh, or, or one of the reasons why we share, uh, our faith, uh, is, is, uh, out of, uh, uh, fear and respect for our creator. Uh, then the second half is talking about, uh, you know, the, a concept that he's touched on before, uh, maybe not in second Corinthians, but which is, you know, God knows our inner workings. He knows exactly who we are. Uh, um, and, and we can't hide that kind of, uh, anything from God. I'm not entirely sure if those two statements are intended to work in conjunction with each other, uh, thereby implying like, Hey, when you share your faith, God knows whether or not that's genuine, uh, or, or whether you're doing it for, uh, the best motives or not. Um, or whether or not you even believe it. Uh, but it kind of seems like maybe those go together. And then the next verse is talking about like, uh, um, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm sharing this information with you so that you'll share it and, and promote it. Uh, so, because it has more meaning coming from other people than just from, from me, maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, I'm just, I kinda, verse 13. I'm, I'm feeling knocked around here as I read yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of stormy seas. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. And verse 13 is, we aren't quite sure, but it looks like, and, and most scholars agree, it's a reference to uh, deep mystical experiences uh -huh. where if we are beside ourselves, if we're ha in the midst of having a vision, it is for God. And then uh -huh. if we are in our right mind, again, our vision has ended, and now we're back to everyday reality. Um, it is for you. And Paul is, is talking about how, because the way Paul experience, has experienced Jesus is through visions. Mm -hmm. You know, he was knocked off his donkey by a right. vision of Jesus. And so, you know, he... Again, it's a, a way of Paul claiming what kind of authority he has and modeling for others what kind of authority they may end up having. Hmm. That, again, they may, they certainly did not meet the, the incarnate Jesus, but they, can, they may very well experience the one true God through a vision and hmm. then be given the task by God to talk about Christ in a very rational way. Mm, okay. Yeah, and then then the 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 tail half of the uh, of this reading is um, um, it, at least in in my reading of it, it seems to be driving home the point of like everything's changed. Like this yeah. is this is you know uh, one you know we don't view Christ anymore through our human interaction. It's well beyond that at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, um, and from here on out, uh, he, in a way he kind of is marketing this, like, uh, 
this something exciting, something new kind of uh, kind of uh, deal for people. Like, hey, if you get in on here on the ground floor with uh, <laughs> Christ being in you, you're part of the revolution, man. You're, yeah, you know, this is this is uh, this is the new creation, and and uh, the, the 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 old way of thinking of things is gone. And and uh, hop on board. Um, Hop on board this uh, this this uh, new lifestyle, this new way. Say, of you just resisting in breaking into a '60s song, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> it, was, like, it, come on, man! It, it's Nirvana now. I mean, we're we're there, man. <laughs> well, and you know and, what? I just had the realization. Maybe Paul would make a lot more sense to me if I would read his world uh, words in kind of more of a, a, a um, uh, Chong. Uh, yeah. Chong style voice. <laughs> there, there have been. I'm old enough to remember when when spiritual teachings were seriously done by imitating that voice to try to be hip with us kids, <laughs> which caused many giggles more than inspirations. But sure, there, there was a good reason for that, and. Yeah, Paul is very countercultural. That's why he keeps getting thrown in jail. Paul was the first serious hippie. I'm, I'm, well, I'm some say Jesus was, but well, no. yeah, but yeah, I mean, the the way the way that uh, the the way that at least Jesus's recorded words read not the same as Paul. Like Paul, Paul's writing. The more I now that I'm thinking about it, really does fit almost that kind of tone and cadence that i'm that i'm stereotypically mm-hmm. thinking of uh, and and uh uh in a very strange way it puts me in the right mindset i think for, for his point whatever of view works. whatever it is he's saying <laughs> now having said that i i don't think i'll ever you know uh come up to read the, the the second reading in a service and be like from now on therefore we regard <laughs> no one from a human point of view man even though okay now Christ, you're doing the great Lebowski <laughs> Christ really brings the room together man and really he's the rug that brings the room together right uh, shout out to our to the two uh, listeners to the podcast who get the big Lebowski reference, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, in a very strange way that 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 actually very much helps me. Uh, yeah, because it, it gets Paul. you in it, it gets you into a countercultural mindset, uh-huh. and that's uh-huh. and Paul again is dealing with folks who are in the midst of a culture. That, hered- that how you were born, what what class you were born into, long before they had this sense of any definition for economic class, is your destiny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that, that's one of the big things Paul has to overcome. That, yes, you're a baker. Bakers can still talk about Christ. You don't have to... Ooh have the professional status of a philosopher in order to have these kinds of conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, talking to Greeks. And in when he's talking, you know, he'll try to get into the uh, vocabulary of whatever group he's talking with, but always the underlying tone and message is you get to talk about this stuff too. You love hearing my letters. Well, the best way you can love the my writings is to go talk about them, well, uh-huh. even though you're risking your life doing it. Hmm. Very cool. Very yeah. interesting. All right, I had a I had a revelation about about Paul. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put on that hat the next time. Uh, go for it, uh, dude. <laughs> I want. I, <laughs> Life existence is like uh, more than you, you know physical things. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, all right, uh, Mark uh, chapter four, verse twenty six through thirty four. Uh, he also said, "The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep 
and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with the sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. So um, this is part of the parable series of, uh, of the teaching uh, portion of, of Mark, right? There's, there's, um, isn't there, is this, I can't remember actually if this is like a full section or if this is yeah, just like. Yeah, it's a, a long section of teaching. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So um, let's start with this first one. The 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 idea of um, uh, you'll you'll I, I think it'd be interesting to point out. Uh, you'll note that in this parable of the sower, essentially, I don't know if that's uh, uh, its actual label in the Bible. I'm looking just well strictly. Any label is the editor's of that particular right, right, right. translation's right. decision. Um. First thing that I notice is uh, this is not uh, one that lends itself to um, necessarily the sower being the focal point and and kind of uh, uh, talking of, implying that God uh, is the sower or or Christ himself is the sower. Right. Uh, he's talking about the kingdom of God uh, as is as if someone, you know, just literally anyone throwing uh, scattering seed on the ground sleep and, and rise night and day and watch it grow. And then when it's ripe, cut it down. Um, which uh, uh, gives, I don't know if it does for anybody else, but gives a, a kind of a mix of emotions like, oh, is this like, you know, coming in with a sickle is very, in modern uh, terminology, very, uh, you know, death. Uh, it yeah. gives me images of uh, of death himself and mm -hmm. coming in and laying everyone low <laughs> and oh is that what we're talking about the harvest being having come but also at the same time you're talking about um getting to your fullest potential and without being harvested that potential can't be shared um so um i'm inclined to be m more of the the other side this isn't a doom and gloom kind of a parable right right oh yeah it's not and what you just verbally did was that exercise of dealing with what's a parable and what's an analogy mm -hmm. and over the last uh, 150 200 years christians all too often have shifted a parable into an analogy because they want to be able to take the bible literally or simplistically right. so yeah and so always for instance the the subject of a parable then suddenly becomes god every time even when right. it then twists who god really is and how god really acts and this is a great example as as you said unintentionally perhaps that everything i do is unintentional <laughs> uh... <laughs> if as a par a parable is supposed to make a stop and reconsider our perspective our feelings our thoughts our isness to quote one theologian who actually mm -hmm. used the term isness uh, and <laughs> and here what jesus is saying is in part because it's a parable it doesn't simplify easily so of course i'll try um is that we are the people scattering the seed uh -huh. and we really don't know what the results are going to be or how it happens this goes pretty nicely back to what paul was talking about in second corinthians about yeah you guys really really you you got to do this work uh -huh. and here jesus is saying you don't you, you don't know how it happens just do the work and it will work out. Um, right. 
but also also recognize you don't know how it grows you don't know how it sprouts you don't know how any of this the, the function works but i do want you to recognize when the grain is ripe because that's the time well yeah i mean you still have to keep working that uh -huh. you you do you do the work on a set before you which is unique to each person each each person has a unique call and in this case the imagery is tossing seed having no idea how what happens after that but then yeah being prepared to follow up uh -huh. um you know very very overly simplified interpretation could be you talk to your neighbor about coming to church with you one sunday and when two months later they say you know i really would like to go to church you real then as the inviter you drop everything and say okay we'll do it this sunday rather than saying okay you know i'll, I'll check with my family see when it's a good day um, right and un unlike the uh, uh literal interpretation here uh that we would be inclined to do don't respond with hold on let me get my sickle yes <laughs> You look right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. Um, uh, yeah, and then and then he goes into a second uh, parable, which you you alluded to earlier uh, with the with the uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel reading. You, you pointed uh, to the mustard seed, um, um, and um, how. Um, the seed is kind of un unassuming and uh, uh, seemingly small, go fitting in with that, you know, tallest shall be made low and the yeah. lowest shall be uh, uh, made tall. Uh, the mustard seed grows up into uh, uh, the greatest of all shrubbery. Uh, and, um, but like, has multi, even implies that it has like multi facets. It's not just like, and, you know, Produces, you know, lots of lots of mustard seed for for for, uh, for use, uh, but also, again, almost almost an intent, seemingly an intentional direct reference, as you kind of pointed it out, provides shade for uh, the the birds of the air and and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and very generic with birds the of the air, uh, uh, generic birds of the air, not just like uh, oh yeah for this specific. Uh, group, but the, for 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 all of them. Um, it's, yeah, it's not just for the Christians, mm -hmm, for instance. Mm -hmm. So, um, any, what else about this this parable? Is it is there anything? Oh, I think I feel like a lot of times parables have are supposed to have something where you do like cock your head sideways uh, mm -hmm. when, you, when you hear it. I don't feel that way when I read this. Is that just because I'm used to hearing the parable of the mustard seed? Or is there something here where it's like, oh, here's the part where the original listeners would have been like, wait, that's, that's, why'd you say that? What's, what's the deal there? Yeah, that, that's a very good way to, to talk about a parable. Mustard seed, not the smallest of seeds. Okay. I was going to say, it was like, I mean, I feel like there's smaller seeds. Yeah. <laughs> Dandelion seed. I mean, mm -hmm. we can find them in our yards most days this time of year. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't become, does not become the greatest of all shrubs. Mm -hmm. There there were many shrubs or trees bigger than mustard ones um, in the time of Jesus. So, and and so the, the literal interpretists have bent over backwards to tie their shoes in order to make this work somehow as an analogy or as a literal teaching but yeah it's supposed to make us turn our set hot our heads sideways and say well if it's not the small smallest then what is this about yeah we're not we don't want to fall into a bizarre mindset subconsciously or consciously of picturing all the christians lined up by height and saying, okay, the shortest one's going to be the greatest evangelist. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And instead, it's one of these things of, I think it, it's to help people deal with, yeah, you may think you have nothing to offer. You may uh -huh. think your faith is the least amount of faith in the group. But you have work to do. You have a role in helping the kingdom of God flourish. And become real 
on this planet. Right. Um, and that's that's something I should have said very early on. This is not a reference to heaven. And some people, when they see kingdom of God, think, that's, oh, that's heaven. Jesus, especially Mark, is talking about bringing the kingdom of God to this planet with uh -huh. the current population and form a just and generous society. Right. So everyone has something to contribute. Everyone can become a shelter for others, for their, you know, maybe it'd be very figurative of being someone who just helps someone in a rough time. It may be someone who builds a homeless shelter. It may be something grand. It may be something simple. But we all can be a, a mustard bush that produces something to help the kingdom of God flourish. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point because as I think about it, um, just in uh, my own experiences, uh, whether my own interactions with people and the things that matter to me most, um, all the way to um, stories that I've heard from other people, um, the big, grand, sweeping, you know, gestures of kindness or or um, the, the the larger acts certainly still stand out in people's lives. But I find more often than not, it's like it's the most subtle yeah. little things that when people tell a story of like what 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 really, you know, got you through this hard time. Right. What really uh, uh, put you in this mindset to um, um, love this person or, you know, whatever the, whatever the topic is. It's always like it's almost always the smallest, tiniest Some everyday thing. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so that's kind of interesting uh, to think of in, in that context because it really is the the, the series of small moments that make up um, uh, some of the more important decisions and events in our life. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then I, I would like to I'll, I'll I'll end with just pointing out that uh, the, the verse kind of. Uh, or the reading ends with uh, uh, pointing to the disciples as getting the skinny on all this stuff. Uh, 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 especially considering the parables were intentionally uh, supposed to make your brain explode. Yeah. Uh, how lucky, how lucky for the disciples to be he like, he spoke to the crowd only in parables and then secretly told the disciples what <laughs> everything They're like you, that stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we? Why didn't we get that uh, 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 that uh, um, um, uh, addition to the <laughs> to the gospel reading? Like, here's the nine parables and the, what they mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like here's the answer sheet to the quiz. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I don't mind taking the quiz, but I want to know if I got it right. <laughs> well, and so. and part of that, just there. If you read Mark, Mark really has ambiguous feelings about Jesus teaching in parables. And, oh. you know, by the time Matthew, Luke, and John come along, it's like, okay, people have gotten used to that. Yeah, that's what you'll find in a gospel. But oh. again, Mark being the first mass distribution written down gospel, it is kind of like he's saying, yeah, I know these are confusing. I know you're thinking what, but don't worry. Some Jesus did explain them, which means right. if we turn to Jesus closely in our own hearts, they will make sense to us, right? Or at least enough. But yeah, I I I honestly think that Mark would have rather not have had to write these down. Hmm. That it, you know, I think he got a lot of pushback. <laughs> Okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. What the what? Yeah. What? I do imagine that he's like, yeah. As you pointed out, Mark is like, yeah. I know they're confusing, but Bartholomew over there knows the answer. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bartholomew looks like what? <laughs> run! Run! <laughs> 
especially considering like every time we peel back the, the 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 veil of Jesus interactions with the disciples it's usually to paint a picture of them standing around slack-jawed going huh yeah and mark's <laughs> one of the the biggest users of that imagery yeah so so mark says that Jesus explained everything in private to the disciples. He makes no mention that they actually understood. Right. <laughs> Here's yeah. the answer. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You got that? You got that there? Yeah. yeah. It confused you too? And should we go okay. make booths now? Don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't tell Jesus. Uh, we were totally paying attention, but I, I, I was even taking notes and none of this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let's ask Peter. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Oh goodness! He, he got, oh, remember, he got the get behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Oh goodness! So, okay. that, in all seriousness, that should give us reassurance. If, and I'm not exaggerating, if for 20 years in one's life a certain parable makes no sense whatsoever, that's okay. But maybe in year 21, after various life experiences, <clears throat> mm-hmm. it suddenly will make sense. And right. then five years later, it may have a completely different meaning. Yeah, change its meaning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's right. why the gospels continue to be current. That's a good point. Uh, the, uh, it kind of feeds into that uh, imagery of the living and breathing word. Yeah, that uh, it does uh, uh, it does take different shapes and forms as you move throughout this life. Mm, big so. time. Very good. Well, with that, I think we'll call to close this mm-hmm. year's podcast for uh, June 13th, 2021, uh, the third Sunday after Pentecost. Lots of things still going on, even though at the top of the podcast I mentioned that it's summer uh, hours. There's still things going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, still lots of uh, lots of uh, potential events on the horizon. Uh, feel free to uh, visit the website, uh, Holy Family Fishers dot org to see everything going on uh join us uh in person if you are able uh, uh, and or interested uh at 8 and 10 on sunday uh and then of course the 10 o'clock service will be live broadcast on youtube and available on, on demand after that exactly nope i pull it it uh, put it behind a paywall after that um, <laughs> <laughs> let he who has ears understand <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding so uh however however it works for you uh, we look forward to uh, uh sharing time and worshiping with you uh uh throughout the the week and in the coming uh period of time uh, and until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later Bye-bye. bye bye bye